0: Hey! We've missed you, Sex the Podcast Town! <laughs> just kidding. God, Bob, you act like I was actually recording that. <laughs> Your face, you're wincing. <laughs> I just
1: don't know what to do. <laughs>
0: Oh, is that your nervous face? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll take it from the top.
1: (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Sex the Podcast, episode number
0: 12. Oh my god, we have 12 episodes. We have
1: 12 episodes. Where we
0: talk to people about sex, (laughs) and we record it.
1: (laughs) And this one is really good. It's the Open Relationship episode.
0: As in the only one you'll ever need to listen to. As in, it's really good. As in, yes, and it's the only one we have so far (laughs) on Open Relationships.
1: (laughs) As in, we talked to Morgan West and Peter Rubin and had a really incredible conversation with them.
0: Yeah. So to tell you a little bit more about them... Morgan West is a flaming cocktail of joy, nurturing, and power. She's really adept in the realm of open relationships. Um, And her and Peter Rubin are in a committed life partnership. And they are designing their open relationship together, as well as coaching other people around it. Morgan is a midwife, and she's also finishing up her coaching certification from One Taste. Peter Rubin, on the other hand, is a seasoned coach speaker, um, and he's also a creator of a program called Be the King for a transformational course for men who want to rule their lives in the areas of love, sex, and money, and purpose.
1: In this conversation, we talk about how Peter and Morgan consciously create and navigate their open relationship. We also talked to them about having children and parenting an open relationship, and that's a topic that is really up for them. That's a topic that was really up for them at the time that we recorded this episode is navigating Morgan's desire to have a bunch of babies, basically, and Peter's non-desire to have a bunch of babies. and. Morgan saying, "Well, maybe I could have babies with other people, and you could be the parent." And Peter being like, "No freaking way!" And them working that out, and it's a really, um, a really mind-opening conversation. It was.
0: Yeah, because in a lot of ways, it really talks about what happens when we have different visions, whether it's a different family vision or a different sexual vision for the relationship, and how do you navigate that when? those visions might be off or not the same
1: and it was really beautiful to get a chance to peek into peter and morgan's relationship and see how they navigate that we learned a lot
0: definitely learned a lot
1: we hope that you enjoy episode number 12 with peter and morgan we'll see you on the other side have fun hi morgan and peter
2: I love Hi, Bob and Natalie. Natalie.
1: <laughs> it's kind of awkward because we were still sitting here in front of each other right before I said hello. But then I hit record. We're sitting on the bed. Yeah. They're sitting in chairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a and, face-off. And we, we do all of these conversations in person at uh, different places. So set the scene for the listeners. Paint a picture.
2: Well, we're in my room. Soon it's to, soon be, to our be our room. room. <laughs> Morgan's moving in two weeks. Um... Wait, so it?
0: does that mean the Star Wars pic- the poster Star- is
2: The Star Wars staying? poster is staying. <laughs> we're not so sure. <laughs> I mean,
3: really the one sign that we're moving in together is that we've got our matching bookshelves. Lovely. One with lots of midwifery texts and one with...
2: Man stuff. Man stuff. Man stuff. <laughs> business co- stuff. Coaching stuff. Uh, we're sitting yeah. on our, my bed, which is an angle. 45 degrees. The room is recently feng shui And apparently this suits me. <laughs> I feel like it showcases our sex life because <laughs> it's facing the door. So if anyone were walking on us, they get a full frontal shot of us. Are you sure?
1: <laughs>
2: and what part of town are we in? We're in Berkeley in the hills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. special about the hills? They're beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking a walk last night, got to see the stars and the trees, and it's quiet and
0: amazing view of the bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of
2: nature good spot
0: so we usually start all these conversations with if each of you could give us a cliff notes version of your sex life up to now beginning to now cliff notes version
2: ladies go first right (laughs) of
3: course they do (laughs) (laughs)
2: especially when Morgan had this look on her face like wow (laughs) wow
3: Oh, beautiful. Let's see. Um, before I ever even had sex, I, I talked a lot about sex, mostly as a means of connecting with, with men, young men um, in grade school and whatnot. And it was always something I felt like I had a one-up on other girls because I would talk about sex and I would talk about things um, that other girls wouldn't be comfortable talking about. Um, and it was almost like a dirty little secret. Um,
1: what, what would you talk about?
3: Yeah. <laughs> what would we talk about? Um, I would often talk about, like, masturbation. And we would send, like, dirty texts. This was back in the days of AIM. AOL.
2: Instant type in away. Yeah. Instant Messenger.
3: All of that. Um, yeah. And just kind of rile up my male friends mm. um yeah crazy days I haven't thought about that in a while <laughs> um and then when it ca- came time for me to actually have sex I I felt um gosh this is in high school I actually felt really closed off in a little bit um Self-conscious, the the guy that I had sex with knew more, had been more sexually active than I had, and I just took, like, this backseat as if he were doing something to me and I was only there as, um, as the receiver. And that dynamic went on for quite a while and probably defined my sex life mm. for all of the time I can remember up until the very recent past. Mm. Um, and... I think in the same way as that dynamic when I was young, sex was a bit of a barter tool. Like I could get close to people through sex and create relationship dynamics that I enjoyed and benefited from outside of the act of sex. Um, Yeah, and more recently, probably in the last year and a half or so, it's become a platform for self-exploration and self-discovery. both self and like relational um and i would say in the past year i've been having the best sex of my life i often call it um i think the word that i used once was portal like we move through portals in our sex um both physically like my body feels different afterwards and emotionally and mentally we just travel different universes um, and it's it's really incredible and we have a lot of it Peter yeah. and I yeah, we do. <laughs> Peter and I have a lot of sex and um, our relationship is not monogamous so I have sex with other partners as well and they are fully informed that I have a life partner I'm a committed life partner and they're happy to be in that dynamic with me and respectful of our boundaries as partners yeah it's in a live sex life mm. oh thanks thank you for that
0: cliff notes version <laughs> i don't
3: know how cliff notes it was no it
0: was perfect. perfect i mean how many years was that are we talking what's the span just to give it's context been 10 years okay yeah that was a cliff notes yeah. version of <laughs> 10 years of sex great <laughs> um peter my
2: version. I think i'll start my story in seventh grade I moved to a new school, new middle school, and uh, I heard rumors that hand jobs were happening.
0: <laughs>
2: As in, they're happening like it's the thing uh, to
0: do, or yeah, like we're doing, like people were doing, doing, them. Like, people were doing okay. that, and
2: like I remember at that point the concept of, like a, a hand job, like getting a girl to actually—I barely even—I don't think I'd made out with a girl even. So that totally overwhelmed me. That <laughs> sent me straight into playing magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, why? <laughs> I just didn't know what to make it. You know, it was a new school. The women were taller than me because right. I hadn't had my growth spurt, and they had breasts. And they were. Everyone was talking about hand jobs, and some guys were apparently getting them. Uh, and I had no idea how to get them or uh, you what felt to say. Kind or, of outside of that world, huge big loser. I yeah. mean, you know. I so much shame and so much just. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't ready for it. Okay. Um, yeah, so I hung out with the boys and played magic cards and. Um, was pining away after women, and I had this slogan, short is sexy, because I was trying to like market myself as best I could. <laughs> <laughs> it was I was a sweet kitten, and girls loved me, right? But not like that. And uh, yeah, very painful for me through early high school. I had a crush on this one girl in particular, and she had boyfriend after boyfriend after boyfriend who wasn't me. Mm. And finally, junior year of high school, we were in our hot tub. And she was about to break up with one of her boyfriends and she said, um, we were talking about sex, you know, her parents were gone for the day and I said, you know, I'm still a virgin. I'd love to know what sex feels like. She says, you know, you, she's like, okay. And then we end up going up to her, her bedroom and she says, you can, you can put it in me, but you can't come. You can just feel what it feels like. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) And then two weeks later, she was my girlfriend. And we dated for the next four years oh wow so i went from you know torture torture tortured to having a lot of sex and pretty kinky sex um she was a bad girl so that was that was my like very abrupt entry into the world of sex Hmm. and uh let's see went from there to college living in a fraternity and hooking up with people but not feeling a lot of heart in it like some party with me was missing and i I don't, I didn't hurt anyone badly, but I definitely got some feedback. Like women were disappointed by me and they're like, you know, there's more to you than that. Right. Peter, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, had a few relationships with, you know, some, some healthy, some with women who are unavailable for one reason or another. They were uh, just went, got out of a long-term relationship. Another woman was gay, but we dated anyway. I mean, complex situations. And finally I'm like, okay, after like three complex relationships in a row, I'm like, what is it about me that I have to, and that I need to look at inside myself. And that was around 2010 when I started doing actually like personal growth work around sex. That's when I heard about, uh, one taste and oming. And I was so scared, but I did these workshops anyway. And that's what started growing me up. And I was able to get, you know, honest feedback from women who, who are willing to do that and said, uh, Like, you're arrogant. We can't feel you. You're in your head. like, you know, and no one ever gave me that feedback. Mm. I thought I was awesome. (laughs) And uh, that's what... What do you mean, arrogant? Right, like,
0: arrogant, (laughs) I'm You're like, like I all confident.
2: (laughs) 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 Right? I'm like, like, yeah, I'm not having any sex, but, you know, nothing wrong with me. But, I, you know, more and more I was willing to receive that and learned about this idea. Like, to me, it was an idea of being in your body. Like, that didn't even occur to me. I had no you know, no idea that that was the thing. And then over time learned to drop in and feel my breath and feel my body and feel, you know, my cock and my heart and feel those two connected. And since then my sex has just been getting better and better and more, more me and not through learning tricks or I haven't done Tantra or, you know, our, our sex life consists of like three, maybe four positions max, (laughs) right it's not you know it's gotten better just because i feel more mm-hmm. like stuff is stripped away and i get to be more myself in sex
1: and so for can you summarize what it means to so there's this idea that you didn't know about and maybe somebody who's listening mm-hmm. it's like what does that mean so what does it mean and what did it take to get where you are. And I know that there's a lot behind it, but can you really yeah. distill it? Yeah. I mean, like getting to the be in your body. Or? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it like to be in your body and what allowed you to get in your body?
0: Actually, I'd love to hear that answer from both of yeah. you. Cause okay. I know women have such a different relationship mm-hmm. with the body part. Right. Very true. Yeah.
2: I think it is a paradox, right? Cause to think, to think about the idea of being in your body is actually not going to get you there. So it's actually, it's not getting into your body. It's coming from your body. Mm. Like, we did yoga this morning. It's like in a yoga class, it's like feeling your joints, feeling your muscles, feeling the shape of your body in the pose, um, from the inside out from like that sensory experience of like heat, pressure, vibration, like going down to that base level of abstraction. Like what are the feeling sensations, experiences in my body? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of the way I was living before, you know, I have a mechanical engineering degree. So that was all about analysis strategy you know coming from the control tower and trying to strategize like what are the five moves i'm going to make to have the sex feel good and um mm. so yeah so the best way i know how to describe it is like where do you start do you start from strategy or start from the sensations in your body mm-hmm. and then i think over time i went from sensation but not knowing what to do with that to actually finding the rich set of information in the sensations like interpreting that sensation as a desire as a you know uh, repulsion like you know don't go there or go there like using those sensations as navigation equipment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which tells me how to like you know run my business as well as tells me how to have sex perfect thanks yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Morgan yeah what's your relationship to embodiment versus yeah. being your head
3: I think Peter started to touch on um, kind of the idea of of identifying the sensation at that base level And then for me, recognizing that all sensation is, um, we decide what that sensation means to us. Um, So there might be something that you identify as pain, there might be something that you identify as pleasure, and that really the Mm -hmm. categorization of that and the way that we perceive it in our minds actually changes how we feel in our body, um, in my experience. And... And for me, the process of em- em- of embodying my sex and really feeling all that there was to feel started at um, letting go of a goal. So rather than this act as a means to climax or orgasm, however you identify it, um, really just it being an an opportunity to feel and an opportunity to go really deep inside and and start to unlock those tiny places where, oh, I do feel warmth there. Whereas before, oh, I'm not feeling much of anything because it's not what I expect it to feel like, which is orgasm and climax and these big mm. explosive moments, um, but rather these subtle changes and, nuances. and subtle mm. um, experiences of, of opening and expanding and, and contracting and warmth, heat, coolness, everything. Um, so for me, it, it really started at... Realizing that we didn't have to get anywhere and asking myself in each moment, like, what can I feel here? What's interesting about this moment? What's different about this moment? Rather than, oh, I expect it to feel this way. And because it's not meeting that expectation, I must not be feeling anything or it's not good.
1: And sometimes there, I assume there are moments where something is kind of uncomfortable,
3: right? Certainly. Yeah, things can be uncomfortable and those are the opportunities where you can identify that as something that you want to change and, and do something about it, verbalize it or otherwise change how you are entering into that situation whether that, whether it's something that you're holding on to and not willing to let go. Yeah. Um I I once wrote this um blog post because I work with pregnant women um going through labor and giving birth and I I had a mirrored experience in, in a session of orgasmic meditation where you really are just laying as a as a strokey as a person who is receiving. Um, in in that dynamic, you're sitting there with just just feeling as your primary goal. And I was realizing that just as in labor. When women are holding back and not allowing themselves to feel the bigness of the sensation, I had been doing the same thing Mm. in this practice where really all I had to do was lay back and and let these things rush over me. Um, So I think those are places, too, where we're not even allowing ourselves to feel how big something could be or how great something could be um, because our mind gets in the way. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. One. Well, and what I loved about what you said, too, was the curiosity in those moments. Mm-hmm. Just being able to kind of pull back and be curious. Like, oh, what's going on here? Am I making a meaning out of it? Is this actually pleasurable? Is this painful? Right. Is, should I tweak this? Should I communicate this? You know, and so it is kind of, I hear you've changed the relationship with your brain in that mm-hmm. way of, like, having that even be a tool. Right, right. To guide, to go, I guess, I mean, I guess deeper, but... I think deeper
1: experience more pleasure how would you
3: yeah to, to feel into the subtlety and the nuance it's, it's, in a, it's a level of awareness rather than analysis I mm-hmm. think it's awareness
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah perfect
2: yeah
1: cool. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and talk to us a little bit about your relationship there are a few pretty significant components of it that are different than how hum- people like um, air quotes you know, usually do things or at yeah. least are, are assumed to do things.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been together for a little over a year. We you want to
0: tell us how
2: you met? met I love ecstatic, that story. We <laughs> met an ecstatic dance on the dance floor. Oh, yeah. I caught, <laughs> caught her eyes magnetized towards her. She didn't even notice me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pattern, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just so drawn to her and the way she moved her body and the way she was in her body, like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm someone who trusts that. Like, dance is a great place for me to meet people because I get to just feel without knowing who they are and having all sorts of story about them. I'm just like, yeah, this woman. So we dance we started hanging out and we start dating, and and I said something like, like, um, oh, like if you know we've been dating for a couple months. I'm like, yeah, it starts to feel like it starts to feel like you're my girlfriend. And she was like, I what did you say? So like, I have no desire. Like, I have no desire for a boyfriend. Like, I don't know why. Like that sounds like it's putting me in a box. I don't want that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, but I said like, it feels really good for me when you're my girlfriend. So I said, you're just going to be my girlfriend, but I don't have to be your boyfriend.
3: Mm.
2: So that's how it was for a little while. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then this past New Year's, we went on a five day retreat, really, you know, intense personal growth retreat. And then towards the end of it, we were both sitting there and. I said, you know, I wow, like, I want to be your life partner. Like, I want to be your partner for life. And Morgan said, yeah, I have the same feeling. Like, in that moment, it just came out. Mm-hmm. Like, bubbled up from this deep place. Mm-hmm. And neither of us were, like, calling in the one or even looking for such a thing. And we just recognized that there was something really deep and powerful about that. Mm-hmm. So we made that commitment to life partnership. And... Um, Yeah, that's been, that's been huge. It's like, it's like marriage to us. Uh, I guess you don't really like the word marriage.
3: (laughs) I'm fine with the word marriage. Yeah. It's totally fine. And yeah, to me, like the life partner aspect, it it goes beyond like the legal institution. Um, For some reason, marriage to me is that boiled down version whereas like life partnership has all levels of our connection and our commitment to each other yeah
2: yeah it's like marriage is loaded who knows we might get married but for now it's like we're avoiding that all the meaning surrounded that surrounding that because it doesn't feel like us Mm -hmm. like if we had it we'd have to reclaim it and make it ours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we've always been open there's been definitely phases when i've wanted monogamy and morgan's been a hell no to that Hell no, and uh, yeah, we've both grown so much around jealousy, and you know, we could talk for ages about non non monogamy. Um, but I think our basic belief is that there's more than enough pleasure and connection to go around. And the more like love and pleasure we each have in our lives, like that can only benefit the other person. Like there's there's nothing taken away from me if she has other partners, and vice versa.
1: Mm-hmm. And Morgan's nodding her head for the person listening. Morgan's I am. Nodding I am nodding
3: my head, and and I feel this level of generosity on mm. both of our parts. Mm. I I often feel like I want to give Peter to other women um, for the experience of just having a man in their lives who's that present and that um, mm. that high level feeler um, who can really i think change a woman's relationship to her sex and her body and and what she gives and takes in sex um and i felt that from peter too and and moments of high turn on of actually wanting to like give me away um not not in an ownership way but really just we both have a lot to share Mm -hmm. in the world and um yeah feeling feeling
0: that is really awesome Mm -hmm. I can relate, this is Natalie, Um, just because I think I I can tune into that part, Morgan, because I think there have definitely been times where I've kind of felt that with Bob too, of just imagining, wow, what would a woman's experience be like if they got to feel this? Yeah. If they got to be with someone that's so, because I consider Bob a very intuitive lover and very much a conscious, like a giver and just really embodies masculinity in a way that I've never experienced before. Right. So, yeah, what would that be like for other women to have that experience? It would never be the same.
3: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. And what drew you each to non-monogamy?
3: I think for me it was pretty natural. Um, in Even in monogamous relationships that I had been in in the past, there was this... Um, a way that I related to men that was really threatening to my partner. Mm-hmm. And I could never identify that, Oh, I have this part of me that's very sexual and that energy source is quite open. And I, I share it widely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, I never associated it with a story or, or a meaning. I would just say, this is how I relate. I'm, I'm touchy and cuddly and, 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 loving and affectionate and i can still be committed to you but this is how i am in the world and as i moved into circles of people who were more um approving of that type of being and who had structures like polyamory or Mm -hmm. open relationship or however you call it um that could help me understand and um I guess use that in a way that felt better for the receiver and for me as a giver.
0: Um, you mean to be able to communicate that? Yeah, to co- communicate somebody?
3: it, and then oh. also have um, an understanding. Like, oh, it's actually, it's actually this way. That maybe even my committed partnerships, mm. like that, doesn't restrain this this energy source that I, I can share in the world, and I can communicate around that itself in a way. Um, that makes it accessible, that makes it feel
2: good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. See, so for me, I started playing with it when I started living in community with other people who were doing it. That's the first time I'm like, oh, this is a way, you know, this is a way of relating. Mm. Um, and I think I'm just, I'm drawn to women who are fiery, free spirits. You know, I actually wasn't, I have a weird relationship with open because I wasn't actively seeking it. And I wouldn't, I I don't have a lot of identity around being polyamorous or being open. Like for me, it's not so much like the lifestyle that I was seeking so much as the women I was attracted to were really slutty. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I say that in like, uh, not in a derogatory way at all. Like I think it's awesome when women are free and share their sex. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden I like stumbled into these relationships that were open and it totally kicked my ass. Right, and I was insecure, and I was jealous, and I was needy, and because I'm a personal growth junkie, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm actually learning so much about me, and how to love, you know, in challenging circumstances. Um, so sort of this it's always been an ambivalence for me. It's always been this like love hate of like, you know, falling into it and being like, yeah, this is so hot, this is so spicy. I'm learning so much, and it's it's painful at the same time. So it's been that journey, you know, same with Morgan. I've had moments of wanting it to be monogamous, but it's, uh, but I have the skill, like I have this communication skill and the, you know, emotional, I can work the emotional jungle gym in a way that, that it actually can work for me and I can have the benefits of a really hot sex life because it does spice up our sex life a lot, um, and find the lessons in it. And they're, you know, mostly it's when, when you've been out of town or you know I haven't taken full advantage of our open relationship I've been with a, a handful of women, but just the way I'm wired, it feels like when I'm having hot sex regularly with with you know with one woman i don't I don't really have eyes for other people, so it's uh yeah, it's very fluid and we have phases too. We'll have sort of monogamous phases and then we'll have our you know more expansive open faces mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so curious around the times when those don't match up, right? Because I think one would hope that those two match up. Like we're both kind of in a similar close phase and we're both in a similar expansive phase. But like what have you found or have you found the times that they're
2: not matching? Oh, yeah. What do oh, you yeah, do with that? That's <laughs> that's agonizing. <like> never. <laughs> yeah, never. never do, we, do we
3: ever match?
2: Do we ever match?
3: I feel like we're...
2: Yeah, are, we're often... We, we often don't, Matt. I think it's... the off One of our patterns is like... You know, Morgan will initiate the expansion. Or, you know, something th- will come through her. And she's like... You know... Having sex with other dudes. And I'm like... Oh, no! <laughs> like, don't wake me up. I'm in this... It's like... Wake me up from a really sweet... You know, a sweet, cozy nap. Right? I'm like... Oh, God. And it's like... You know, I'm all prickly. And I'm like grumpy. And, and then I'll get with the program. <laughs> you know and there's a way in which like i again it's a love hate where i'm like oh it's painful and also it does like wake me up Mm -hmm. like it energizes me it um yeah these cycle i mean they're good when i get with the cycle it's definitely better for me Mm -hmm. it's the resistance to it that's the painful part Mm -hmm. Mm. that's a practice
0: yeah
1: and when you do get with it do you notice that spilling
2: over into other areas of your life too absolutely yeah, it's actually happening right now. We're just going on to the rocket ship is about to take off,
1: <laughs>
2: right? And I can feel it happening. And Morgan's like, you know, the other day we we're like, I think I'm going on an expansive phase, and I'm I'm making smoothies in the blender. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and I think I, you know, I don't think I'm fooling myself when I say like I'm getting better at it. Like less resistance, more able to just surrender to that ride. Because for me, like, this this relationship is turning me into the man I want to be. Mm, and that I want to be a man who is uh, devoted and surrendered. And devoted not in, like, an I'm a doormat sort of way. But in, like, anything that comes at me in my relationship or business or in community. Like, I can take that and digest it and, like, put it back out, you know, as love. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what I signed on for, for <laughs> life. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Morgan, what's your take on the times of off energies or not matching energies and... Yeah,
3: that's my take on it. It, it's a place where I want to learn to have more, um, compassion actually. Mm. I see myself, there aren't many, um boundaries when I feel expansive like it just goes and goes and goes and the way that I communicate around it isn't always precise and delicate as it may need to be in an, in a certain moment or compassionate and I'm not apologetic um, and those are places that I, I, I'm actually fine with and I realize that there are moments when like slowing down and actually feeling feeling what there is in our dynamic is really important Mm. that I can still be free and strong and confident unapologetic and be um, sensitive to what is happening in our relationship Um, and not not caretaking that's one of the patterns that I actively am trying to break like caretaking in relationships outside of my primary relationship and in this one And like, I don't have to show up for somebody as, as their protector necessarily, unless we're playing that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But that I can, I can allow another person to have their experience and be sensitive to what's happening between us, like that third element. Um,
2: Yeah. And you sell yourself short. You're good at that. Like, you know, I've been, I've been doing this open thing for a while. And the reason this relationship works is because you are so unapologetic. And so loving and nurturing at the same time. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, when Morgan had sex with someone the other night, it's like, I was angry. I cried. My little boy was sad. I got to cry. You know, I was vengeful. I got to go through all this. And we've reached a point where, like, we can play there. Like, it's not repressing all those feelings. Like, oh, I'm not jealous. Like, that kills open relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like being fully honest that there are feelings that come up. And...
3: Yeah, I'm playing with them.
1: And playing with
2: them, yeah. Like our favorite thing is reclaiming sex, where I get to reclaim her. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've been using that a lot, and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing tool, an amazing game, and
3: oh, the other one that came up hmm. recently was the idea of like fleshing it all through your cock, and I'll just sit there and like suck his cock as he pours out all of his anger and frustration and turns into something else.
2: Hmm. <laughs> it's pretty hot mom i hope you're not listening to
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> mom he's a big boy now
1: <laughs> and if you if you're willing to go into it i'm curious to hear it because i know that i know you both well i know peter personally and there's this um to me, from the outside, it seems like almost an extension of the open relationship piece is this piece around having children, and mm. I know it's a conversation that's been going on between you two, and I'm not even sure exactly where you're at right now, mm. but...
2: Yeah, it's definitely alive and in process. Um, you can start.
3: I don't know how to
2: start Well, I'll start then. Morgan, so Morgan's a midwife. You know, she alluded to that, but, um, you know, baby obsessed. <laughs>
3: Since young. Yeah. Like always? Yeah. Go
2: ahead.
3: Since the earliest moment I can remember, like, moms, babies, pregnant bellies, all of that. Mm -hmm. It, it from a very young age, like, woke something up inside of me, like a true passion and calling. Um, And I remember when I was young watching a baby story on TLC, which are just half an hour long shows of... A family's journey from like pregnancy through labor birth and and postpartum and being absolutely like invested invested in each of these families journeys and in their births and um like i developed you know these feelings of you know wanting a natural birth or wanting this type of birth or really wanting to see that triumph and triumph um for a woman and for a family and for a new life and um and more recently, like, I'm realizing that it really does, like, it turns my system on to be part of that, um, that monumental moment of life creation, of family creation, and such deep yearning in my body, like, nothing else, There are moments, I feel this in our sex often, like, moments of pulling, wanting, like, oh, just holding that that creation force in me and it's like a gravity just it's heavy it's really heavy wanting something that um that strongly and being surrounded by it all the time Mm -hmm. my entire life is moms and babies and um yeah it's intense Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so where where i'm at is not sure about kids and feeling like I would be a great dad and I'm pretty positive I want to be a dad one day, but I'm not, I don't feel ready for it. And I really value my freedom. I value time alone. I value space. Like I value not having children a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we made our life partnership commitment, it was, we were life partners, asterisks. The asterisks is like, so long as our family visions are aligned. Mm -hmm. And that's been for most of our relationship. That's been the agreement. Is like, yeah, we're life partners, but let's feel out the kids thing. And then recently we had a coaching session with a um yeah with a, an amazing coach Ken Ken Blackman you some some of you may know. I mean, he's he just sort of got in there with us and he says, you know, Peter, it's like this this is not working this back door. You know, it's like you're not fully in. You said you're going to be life partners, you're not fully in if you have you know these thoughts and doubts. And I realized um yeah and you point out that the conversation on babies actually isn't really about the babies it's more about how we communicate like the way it can go badly is if morgan gets all excited then i get overwhelmed and i get afraid about you know things happening too fast it can go into like us really not listening to each other so he points out that it's not about the babies and that you know having that back door out of our life partnership is not serving us and we both felt that and since then it's been uh you know, it's, the experience has been full commitment. Like, we're together for life no matter what. Mm. And the rest will work itself out. And that's been hugely powerful. Um, yeah, so where I'm at now is like feeling how much Morgan wants babies. Like, every day she'll see babies and, you know, coo. And, you know, I fear, feel the strength of her desire. And also, I'm really needing space to feel my own desire. Like, the last thing I want is to have babies because she wants them. Like, I mm-hmm. want it to come from me and right now I'm struggling like how do I you know in being together like how do I create space for myself to come towards it and it might not happen as quickly as she wants um, you know I trust I'll want babies at some point but uh, yeah it's challenging like that's definitely the most challenging part of our our connection right now
1: mm. more so than the open relationship oh open component. relationship's
2: easy compared to this uh-huh. yeah to walk in the park uh-huh.
3: You forgot all of our iterations of looking for gay male couples oh, yeah, we all to that. co-parent. We, yeah, and we, I, I, heard,
2: I heard
1: a little bit about we, maybe I'll have kid, kids with other dads. Oh we'll Yeah, because,
2: you know, like to Morgan, it's like she could have kids with, with anyone she cares about, has a connection with, right? It could be raising kids with multiple dads in community. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the more the merrier. And for me, that just puts me right into fear, <laughs> right? Fear and overwhelm. It's like, ah! <laughs> no! <laughs> But we went so far as to, like, post a Craigslist ad looking for a gay male couple, because I'm like, you know, it's too triggering for me for you to have kids with another straight male who I'm in competition with, you know, when I have, it's not like I have no desire for kids either, it's like, that would be awful, so so we tried to figure out, it's like, okay, gay male couple, hopefully financially secure, they could be like our sugar daddies. <laughs> By the way, if any of you are listening and you want to be our sugar daddies. look us up. Yeah, find us, find us. And then we actually went to ours to like did we post it on Craigslist I think we did. We did. We didn't get any response We made we made we made, a video.
3: we made a video and we made our own Gmail account for unconventional family. Happy
2: unconventional family at gmail.com.
0: Oh my gosh, I remember you sending
2: that to uh, me and I thought it was a joke.
0: I had no <laughs> idea. It was real. It's real. So That's it's kinda real. great. No, it's actually. real. It's real. And
2: you know we haven't that <laughs> idea sort of lost steam, but I think what's true about it is like we're actually willing to go there and actually design something that feels that we don't know any models of that. I'm sure it exists, but sure. we're willing to like go down to the like brass tacks, like what are the needs, and come up with like with solutions that are very unusual. So well, well, you know, it's funny.
0: So, I, I have to interject here because I've been reading something recently about how. You know, really that idea of it takes a village to, Mm -hmm. but they were even saying that, you know, in, in certain tribes or in the olden days, the people that actually had the babies weren't the ones that raised them. Mm -hmm. You had the babies and the elders raised them. Right. Because a lot of times when our bodies are made to have babies, we're still kind of babies right we're still learning how to be adults and take care of ourselves so mm-hmm. you had babies and the elders raised them right and it just kind of blew this whole lid off for me of thinking oh right because they're older and wiser and they know better right and so and the but it's still a village kind of right. kind of thing so hearing you talk about that is just the it's this kind of happy medium place too right
3: that's a beautiful part for me about community and one of my like biggest motivations to live in community is really to have that foundation from which to build family Mm
2: -hmm. because
3: certainly in all of my experience watching babes come into this world like the ones who are born into big networks of friends and family are so much better supported like the parents are happier the babies Mm they they their experience is wider and greater and more diverse um and really some of my poly families are the ones who who in my opinion have got it down Mm. um like oh you didn't sleep last night because the baby was up let me pass you off to so-and-so and 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 you'll cuddle and sleep for the rest of the night like Mm. Mm -hmm. i don't know that's the expansive family vision for me is is one of a lot of support and nurturing and um power a lot of power in
2: it yeah and i'm bought into the community piece like i also want to raise kids in community um but not necessarily community of your other sexual partners (laughs) that that to me is a different that's a different level
0: (laughs) sure got it yeah Yeah. thank you for sharing so honestly about how you both are feeling around this Mm -hmm. right it's just I think it's good for me to even hear that, too. Just, again, the different models. Yeah. Because I used to kind of joke about that with my gay friend and his partner mm-hmm. around. They're like, Natalie, just, like, have our baby. And then the three of us will raise it. you'll get to be, like, the auntie. Because I was always in this place of I don't want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. But it kind of sounds cool to be the auntie for my baby that this gay couple who I love more than life is raising. <laughs> you right. know? and And so it is just this beautiful bridge, I think, of what's possible and really having that be a reality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm so sweaty right now, by the way. It's <laughs> a little bit warm in here. So it's oh. not
1: just the talk
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can you both tell us about what you do professionally and how people can be in touch with you if they would like to do that?
2: Sure. Uh, I'm a coach. I've been a professional coach for the last five years. And I work with men specifically. So I have a course called Be the King. And it's a local Bay Area course for men on love, sex, money, and purpose. And you could learn more at thekingcourse.com. Awesome.
3: Um, I, I most recently have delved into the world of coaching myself. Um, and I'm specializing in sex and relationship and and sexuality. I put on events called Pussy Portrait Nights where women can become more intimately um, aware and in in partnership with their own bodies and their pussies, which I've been loving, Um, and and starting to build a clientele of folks who want more freedom in their relationship, who want to explore what's possible there. Um, And I'm at morganjwest.com. Um, and then I'm, I'm a midwife, of course, mm-hmm. and, and finishing up, about to be licensed at the end of the year. Um, and, yeah, work with lots of amazing families, bringing, bringing new life into the world.
2: So. And we do couples coaching as well, especially for couples who are opening up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We will be your double trouble tag team. <laughs> 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 we will love you, challenge you, <laughs> everything you need. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Beautiful
2: how would you
1: describe sex? I want to hear this from both of you. How would you describe what it is like to have sex to somebody who's never had it before?
2: Mm. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, what is it like? The image that came to mind is eating, eating cotton candy. It's the experience of something that's like so visually appealing and just like, big and fluffy and you put it in your mouth and the whole thing like melts and liquefies and sort of like goes down into your system and leaves your mouth all sticky and sweet. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing.
3: <laughs> it's funny, the, the visual of mine was also warm, sticky and sweet, but in a totally different way of like lava, <laughs> like that warm and comfy encompassing like embrace of something that's mm. liquid, solid, something in between, but like warm to the core. Um, and I think sex is just a it's a place that you can't get to alone. Um, I think that's something that I've been realizing more and more lately. like we can bring ourselves to a point of sexual pleasure and like what's possible in connection um especially in sex is just so out of this world
0: um yeah i love that and my question is what is your favorite thing about having sex with the other
1: mhm
3: yeah mhm yeah. mm. <laughs> my favorite thing about having sex with peter um it never has to look a certain way. Um like I once I forget we were joking about like making making a porn video or something because we have such great sex and like showing people that we have <laughs> such great sex and was like but it wouldn't be very interesting. Like our our baseline sex is 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 slow. It's it's deep and the movements are almost micro Movements mm-hmm. like there are places Where we, where we only have to Like shift Tiny tiny amounts and from the outside It might not look like we're moving at all but mm-hmm. It's so deep and electric um, So yeah that There's no expectation of how it should be um, Or picture of of What good sex will look like It's purely based on On what we feel And we feel into each other So deeply that it it just flows
2: through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine, mine is similar. Favorite part about having sex with you is just the amount of sensation there is. Mm. It, feel, yeah, it feels really simple in a way. It's not, yeah, it's not complex. It's just like this very simple, warm intensity and wave after wave of it. And we both have an ability to take it deeper. Somehow, like our our bodies, our energy is just perfect for each other. And it just like fills me up And turns me on and, and it's always amazing And we have You know we have simultaneous Orgasms most times we have sex Like stuff on the surface that's really flashy Or like wow that's a sex I always used to want But under that it's just that, that Connection um, And there's a lot of love there But our sex isn't Layered with story it doesn't have a lot of meaning On top of it we just have sex Because we love sex and that feels really good.
0: Yeah. I love
1: it. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That thank you. beautiful. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. How was that?
0: I definitely know that I was blushing in certain parts when we were getting really graphic, but it's wonderful because this is the kind of thing we never really hear... The behind the scenes into a couple and what happens for them, and, mm-hmm. and how sex really can be used as a, a connection tool and a way to really work through our emotions mm-hmm. and to bring us closer together, mm-hmm. regardless of the actual design of the relationship.
1: Go to sexthepodcast.com if you want. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think you should really go to sexandpodcast.com, sign up for the newsletter, and check out other blog posts and episodes we've recorded.
1: Peter has another episode called Wisdom of the Cock that if, if I could pick one podcast episode that I would have every man in the world listen to, it would be this one. The background music that you're enjoying was provided by bensound.com.
0: Thanks, Ben.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Ben.
0: (laughs) And one last thing is if there's anything you could use some support around or would like additional resources for, please feel free to reach out. The reason we do this is so that we can support you all in having an amazing sex life and connection to self and connection to other. So shoot an email over to us at sex at sexthepodcast.com and we promise we'll get back to you.
1: We would love to hear from you. We hope that you have a lovely morning, afternoon, or evening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. Bye.